203 consecutive months as a top uh, producer uh, in your previous role. That That's unbelievable. How did you do that? <laughs> Tenacious. Yeah, well, I mean, there's, I've asked myself that question all throughout my career, you know, just to try to, to define what, uh, what I was doing differently, uh, because it wasn't just as the top producer, but, uh, it was each of those months was by at least half. So, um, I would at least double the next guy down. Here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Hey, hey, all right, back again. Yes, uh, so happy to have you guys here with me once again. And before we get into this super guest today, I want you to please forward this show to somebody who would really like the value that we have packed into this episode. And by the way, if you guys are really, really digging it, I'd like you to please leave me a review, the show podcasting your global career in the iTunes ecosystem. And in the show notes, there's a very simple link that gives you easy instructions. I think it's three or four steps to take you just a couple of minutes. Can you spare a couple of sentences about the show? Give us five stars and why you like the show. I'd appreciate it. So now we're off to Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I've been a customer of this company for decades. And for you musicians out there, I know a lot of you guys and ladies have used this company. And we are fortunate enough to have one of the top dogs in this company come visit with us. Uh, he's a top salesperson. He actually went as top producer 203 consecutive months in a row. I don't know anybody who ever does that. And he's the director of sales growth and development at Sweetwater Sound. So let's strap up our seatbelts and take a ride out to Fort Wayne, Indiana to hang out with Jason Coons. Congratulations, by the way, on your success, your, your total success of, as of last year. Um, great, great Thank that you. you are, um, you know, director of sales and growth and development at Sweetwater. That's really pretty amazing. It was a, it was a, it was a big change. You know, I spent, um, well, gosh, 22 years here, uh, in the sales engineer role. Um, and, uh, and it was, it was not an easy decision to make, but it just, um, this place is in my DNA. I grew up as an adult here and it just felt like the right time to move into a leadership role to, um, to exercise my skill set in a different way, I suppose. Yeah, that and the uh, the record that you had, you had 203 consecutive months as a top uh, producer uh, in your previous role. That That's unbelievable. How did you do that? <laughs> Tenacious. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there's. I've asked myself that question all throughout my career, you know, just to try to to define what uh, what I was doing differently, uh, because it wasn't just as the top producer, but uh, it was each of those months was by at least half. So um, I would at least double the next guy down. And so I'd always ask myself, what are those differences? 
Um, honestly, I, James, I think it was just, um, I just, I just, it, it mattered to me. Um, it mattered to me, um, maybe for selfish reasons, you know, my ego loved being at the top of the leaderboard each month. Um, but also I just, I never, uh, maybe with the exception of the first or second year I was here, I just didn't, I, I, I trained myself to not focus on numbers or dollars or commissions or anything like that. Um, I really spent my whole career just focusing on the relationships with the people that I talked to. Uh, and I think that's what allowed me to do it for so long as well, because I just found fulfillment and joy through that process rather than chasing a dollar. Yeah. Um, we are speaking with Jason Coons from Sweetwater Sound and delighted to have you here on podcasting your global career. And, uh, you know, I, I can't believe that, um, you know, what you just stated, it's it's an observation, if you will, that I find that um, quality attracts quality. And surely, um, you know, when you look at the history of Chuck Surik, um, who built this company from from like a, a road warrior, he's going out in a van doing like remote recording uh -huh. uh, and then all the way up the ladder. But, you know, you seem to have... Um, you know, adopted the parallel to what Chuck did is, in other words, you're you're making relationships the focal point and the core business values that drive the company's success, and you seem to embody that um, with what you just stated there. Well, I didn't make any of this up. You know, I was 20 when I started here, and um, Chuck was and is still the most successful person I've ever met, uh, and so it just made sense for me to. Um, to just model my ethos and and what I did around what he had done, I saw, I saw no reasons throughout my entire career here to ever really stray from that, uh, because frankly, it it works. Yeah, and it's it must be, Jason, the culture, um, you know, because I've felt that throughout. I I've probably had um, a twenty year history with you guys of buying gear and equipment. And I was always like amazed that like, I have a sales engineer. Are you kidding? This is like, I mean, and it's like, there's not a lot of pressure for you musicians who follow the show. Um, you know, there's a lot of you out there, you know, producers, engineers, uh, singer songwriters. If you don't know about Sweet so Sweetwater Sound, they assign you an engineer. So they kind of know your history. So um, I would counsel you to, to please check out uh, Sweetwater Sound, if you have not thus far. So how did that all start? I mean, I think that is such a cool idea to um, to to follow the footprints of somebody's career, because everybody has a career that has a lot of twists and turns and different trajectories. Some singer-songwriters become producers, some become just writers, but there's a place for everybody, because um, you guys seem to serve everybody in the music world. Yeah. And I mean, we've leaned into more and more verticals as the time's gone on. Um, I can speak to when I started. I started here at two, in 2000 and there were 40 sales engineers at the time or roughly. And I, I believe if I recall, I believe we were doing somewhere around 50 to 60 million a year, something like that. Um, and, you know, the way you mentioned about how Chuck started it with the the van and the road warrior thing. Um, if you're not aware, Chuck owns quite a few other businesses as well. Um, and if, if you look at what they are, they're all passion industries that he personally is passionate about. So he's, he's an aviator, uh, he's a helicopter pilot. Um, and so he set up a big aviation school out here. Um, 
uh, plus a bunch of other businesses that 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 go off of that. Um, same could be said for, uh, I mean, really just a bunch of the his car his car lot for exotic, you know, interesting cars, Ferraris, Lamborghinis, all that kind of stuff. Um, that's his passion. He loves that kind of stuff, and um, I believe personally that that's that's really been his success story, and that he really only engages in things that he truly has a passion for and that has a community around it that he wants to like actually truly serve. Uh, and that's real. That's not just hyperbole. Like when you talk to him, um, it, you can see the passion. You can see like in his eyes that it, that's truly important. And I've never seen him wane from that ever. Uh, and so I think that's important because uh, you mentioned about the culture, uh, even internally here at Sweetwater, the thing I think I'm most proud of is that while uh, these days we're nearly a $1.7 billion company, 23 years after I had started, um, the culture aspect of it from 40 sales engineers to now 612 sales engineers, it just it just hasn't changed. We were able to maintain that because we're in this this passionate industry, I think. Yeah. So, you know, I, the, the last numbers I saw that you guys are doing 1.4 and now you're up to 1.7 billion. So there's, there's no end in sight. He, he sounds like um, he's sort of like a Howard Hughes, Chuck, you know, he's like <laughs> he's got his hand into, you know, like a Tony Robbins or whatever. He's, he's doing everything, captain of industry. But like you said, it's all about it's all passion driven in. You know, that's where the gold is for everybody, I think. You know, if you find your niche and that's where you belong. Um, yeah, personally, I like what you guys have built um, collectively because it's, um, you know, it's just really anytime I really had problems uh, with, you know, just even navigating equipment that was just new on the market or something, um, you guys could either solve it or get me somebody like right away who could solve it. You know, and that that is worth a lot, you know, in in because I don't know that your competitors do that. Who is your closest competitor? Would you say Guitar Center or who would who would be uh, in industry? So specifically in our industry, Guitar Center on paper would certainly be our biggest competitor. Yeah. Um, but we 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 have a different business model than they have. And so in, in some ways, we're not competitors, though we sell the same stuff. Um, frankly. Frankly, Amazon has become our very largest competitor as they've become the largest competitor to everybody in every industry. Yeah. But there again, it's it's just a it's a different thing. You know, a, I I feel like everybody can be a Sweetwater customer, but the, there is a very specific customer that really, truly appreciates uh, the additional services we provide, the, you know, the lifetime tech support and the the extended warranties we do. But maybe mostly just the relationship with the sales engineer. Um, that that is more than just uh, knowing their history, um, and then not having to repeat themselves every time they call in to to find a solution to something. It, they're true friendships that get built. I mean, real friendships. Um, and it's a small industry, um, and so we all kind of recycle all around and end up in different places. And so those friendships stay intact throughout you know life. Uh, and again, that's mostly because we're in a passion industry and the things that we as sales engineers love to talk about happen to be the exact same things that our customers love to talk about. And that's intentional. That was uh, That's what Chuck did when it was just him doing it. Uh, and then when he expanded to one more employee, that's what he taught. Um, and it's just never changed. We've never steered away from that and, and we won't. It's That's our superpower. 
Now, is Amazon, they're also a, a partner of yours, though, correct? Even though they're a competitor. Well, we certainly sell through Amazon as right. a channel, yeah. as most dealers will. You have to, um, really. I mean, it's like... You have to. Yeah. You have to be present. A lot of that, frankly, is just awareness and market share awareness. Um, uh, certainly, there's customer acquisition involved with all of that, too. Um, but, you know, I think I think most major companies would tell you that if if they could do it without Amazon, they would. <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, from a financial standpoint, um, but uh, but there's there's a lot of value there, frankly, to to being partnered with them too. Yeah, and as far as the differentiating your business from somebody like Guitar Center, I mean, they're they're everybody's online, but they're they're a retail uh, operation where you guys um, do something really different. You've got you know your whole company is is essentially in one building with your distribution network, of course, and. Um, I think there's an advantage to that because um, outside of picking up a guitar and playing it, um, I think most educated consumers in our world, meaning the music world, know what they want pretty much. They're pretty close to like where they want to, if they're going to make an investment, like say a thousand or a couple thousand dollars, sure. they're probably pretty convinced of what they're looking for. So I think uh, having somebody to guide you, a sales engineer that knows what you like and knows your taste and knows your spending habits, um, would you say that you guys may have an advantage over somebody like a guitar center? Uh, yeah, in a lot of ways. I mean, first off, um, it, there's a lot of overhead involved with a brick and mortar enterprise. Yeah, You have a guitar center and I don't know how many hundreds of stores they have these days, but they're that's just um, a barrier to entry from a fiscal standpoint immediately. And so by us not having that that overhead, we're able to invest in the stuff that is is harder for those companies to invest in, like like a full team here of 50 tech support folks. Yeah. You know, that's that's all um, subtractive in terms of the bottom line. Right. Uh, that all costs us money. Uh, but but it's important because investing in these services and just quality customer service is really what keeps folks um, loyal to us. Um, uh, and not in a manipulative way, but in a truly adding a value type of way. Uh, so, yeah, we're advantaged from the perspective that we've got one place and don't have all of that overhead. But that doesn't uh, make us extra profitable. We take that profit and we invest it in services that our customers can take advantage of. Yeah. Like, for instance, Synchrony Bank, um, a fabulous, um, you know, ancillary benefit to being involved with Sweetwater, which I've taken, you know, advantage of many times because it's like, wait a minute. I, so I can I can invest in this equipment right now and I may even have the money for it right now. But if you guys are going to extend me credit and let me pay 10% down or whatever the going rate is, maybe it's 20%, and then float the rest over 24 months, I'd be crazy not to do that. And and I think that's mm -hmm. such a, a wonderful uh, thing. I've used that many times, and I think that's such a great benefit to have. You know, well, um, and that's actually a really good example of what we were talking about because those, um, you know, when you're when you're getting a, a no interest uh, program on something that you as a consumer are purchasing. Obviously, the compelling factor there is that you'll never pay a dollar towards, you know, the product aside from what the product costs. Yeah. Uh, but somebody does. Synchrony Bank has to make their money someplace. Yeah. And as interest rates continually rise, that becomes a, a bigger and bigger expense to companies to be able to 
to offer that stuff. Right. Um, but uh, because we don't have all of that that overhead with uh, the brick and mortar locations, uh, as well as other things, we don't have to pass those types of things on to customers. We can absorb all of those fees on the back end to, to offer more and more of that. Um, because there are folks, you mentioned that, you know, maybe I don't even have to do it, but why spend my money if I can spend somebody else's? But there are a lot of other folks that, especially professionally, that need to make something happen immediately when the funds just aren't available. Yeah, especially so we just, uh, we need to be able to serve that community. Yeah, especially if somebody's fitting out a brand new recording studio, um, their cash is really precious to them if they're if they're making this kind of investment. So, and I I have not heard of anyone else doing what you guys do, like an interest free loan is what you're granting somebody to buy the equipment. I think it's pretty amazing. Hey, how many um, sure. yeah. how many employees do you guys have out in Indiana under that? Last group? I heard, and this would have been probably three, four weeks ago or so, we were right at around 2,900. Wow. So just coming up on, on uh, 3,000. And then you mentioned in Indiana, but we also have, uh, I think we're closing in on 100 folks out in our Arizona distribution center now as well. Okay. Wow. So how many other centers do you have? Is that it? Just uh, that's it. Yeah, uh, that's a yeah. The Arizona initiative is a new thing for us. Uh, we brought that online uh, early last year, somewhat. You know, it, this is all new to us, so uh, we have to kind of roll it out uh, slowly as we build up the team out there. Um, but uh, at this point, um, it's nearly seventy five percent online and ready ready to rock uh, by the middle of this year. Yeah. So it's um. This is a new place we're reaching into, but it's great because it allows us to serve our West Coast customers more quickly. Uh, and that's really the entire reason that we invested in that. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's almost like Amazon has uh, put a little spike in everybody's heel to say, you know, try to keep up with me, you know, <laughs> but that's great. Free two-day shipping, yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of these things like they do, it's like, you know, I ordered something the other day. In the morning, and it was there in the afternoon. I'm like, I was saying to my fiance, what are, what are these guys doing? Are they like looking at the house with binoculars? <laughs> it's like, they it's haven't. Wait, do you start seeing drones dropping your packages? I, off. I know, and it's here already. It's it's just crazy. Life is moving very fast. So it is. It is. Tell me a little bit about you, Jason, outside of uh, Sweetwater. Um, what do you like to do when you need chill time? Because obviously you probably put in the hours and, and the sweat and the grind. Even though you enjoy it, you spend a lot of time there. So what do you enjoy doing uh, in your downtime? Sure. Well, what you'll find if you talk to a bunch of people here at Sweetwater is many of us are pilots. Um, and that is all because of Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's made that easy for us to, to go through. And for those of us that have always dreamed of flying, um, you know, we can get our, our certificates that way. And and start doing it. So that's where I spend most of my time these days outside of work in airplanes. Um, but um, but I'm a musician, like all of us really here are. So I play guitar as well and and piano, and um, I don't play out so much. I, there's no need for anybody to be exposed to that. But yeah. it's it's still my uh, it's still my creative outlet most every night. Wow. Do you have a? I'm, I'm sure you have some semblance of a studio at your house. Uh... Many. Yes. I I've gone through so many iterations. I, we joke that uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana has got to be per capita the, the highest concentration of nice studios in, in all of America because there are just so many of us and and we we are all passionate about it. Plus, we have access to the gear at pretty great prices. Yeah. So, I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we've, I've definitely been through quite a few studios. That, Unfortunately, 
Um, that I don't have as much time to do as I'd like. So I end up building up a room at my house, get all excited about building it up and then don't use it, sell it off and then get excited again and do it again. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of become, I guess, a hobby in itself. Well, more gear, more technology, you know, what's the latest, uh, you know, it, and, yeah. and there's nothing like the vintage equipment either too. That That's always oh. uh Classic, For sure. you know, the old Neves and, and all. I have, I have a friend who has a studio and he has what a collection of microphones he has. I mean, he's got all of the uh, the classic uh, Neve mics and, and just probably about 30 or 40 um, that are worth a lot of money now because he bought them back in the early 70s, you know, and he was getting deals on That them. is super cool. Yeah. Um, and, you know, finding the stuff when you're talking vintage gear, like the actual acquisition process, that that's half the fun. Yeah. Like just being able to chase these old things down that are difficult to find in good shape. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy stuff. So, you know, it's funny because when I first read about Chuck, this is years ago, um, and and I was so taken back when, you know, he said he had his own studio. And I'm like, wow, this guy's, living, you know, he's living the life he loves. In other words, he loved recording and, and you know, musician, I'm sure, too. And look what it led to. Um, you know, now you guys are all, like, becoming pilots and everything. <laughs> he's setting up a pilot <laughs> school, you know, all kinds of things. Yeah. So. It, yeah, it's just, it's it's interesting. He's created a culture of people that um, – really just in, enjoy the craft because we all come from the same place. Yeah. Um, and it turns out that the same things that uh, musicians like tend to be the same thing that watch collectors like and and that pilots like. And like, they're just, they're kind of the same person. Yeah. Yeah. So when you guys are looking for um, gear, um, you, you have so many people under that roof um, that you represent. I get your catalog and I'm like, Oh no, I don't want to go near it. I, you know, put, put, put my checkbook away <laughs> and <slope. laughs> it's like credit cards, lock them off to the side. It's like, I, I can't believe the amount of, of inventory that you guys have access to. Now, how is that process um, relate to what you do? Maybe not so much, but I'm, I'm sure you're involved in that in some capacity. How do you guys select, how do you, you know, how do you get your brand into Sweetwater? Sure. Well, there are a few things that we look at. Um, I mean, one obvious one um, when we're searching for partners is what are people searching for on our website that we don't carry? And we can certainly track all of that. And when they hit certain thresholds, then maybe it's time to start looking into that. Um, but there's a lot that goes into it. And it's not it's not everything you might just think. We're not just looking at what's the profitability of a particular line of products or um, or even what's the industry looking at like even very popular products if the brand doesn't really fit our ethos um we don't partner with them right um we we need to be able to take care of our customers the sweetwater way um and so we need vendor partners to be able to support us in that um and so if uh, a good example might be uh, which is nothing nefarious but if it's a newish company um and they just don't have the ability to scale up the the amount of stuff that we would need at our size. Yeah. We can't bring them on because then we're dealing with back orders with customers and disappointing folks. Yeah. Um, we're also sensitive to our our very good vendor partnerships that we already have. So, you know, if there's a new wireless company that wants to get in the door at Sweetwater, that product needs to be 
unique in the marketplace uh, because we we don't want to step on the toes of the folks that have supported us for so long, like Sure and Sennheiser and these yeah. other big wireless companies that we <clears throat> lean into. Yeah. L let me ask you um, a question about um, innovation. Now, if you found somebody who was, um, you know, he's the new Steve Jobs, he's building something in his garage, he has not yet been able to scale but you guys um, see the you have the vision to see what he's building and the possibilities. Um, are you able to connect him to people that could help him along the way, or is that something that's not even uh, a fit for your business? Uh, well, it wouldn't be in my role, but certainly our merchandising team and purchasing folks, um, yeah, they and they have done that before. Uh, I know I know several companies that. We even decided not to pick up initially early on, but we we helped them through the process of of uh, basically building their brand equity before that time was right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we do a lot of that kind of stuff. And and when it comes to innovation, like we are, we're looking to lean into whatever makes sense for our customers. So um, when folks are doing something truly unique, uh, we we want to be a part of it if it makes sense. Yeah. What's the best part of your day, Jason? Oh, I love that question. That's what I ask everybody I meet. Do you really? Um, <laughs> I, I do. I do. I, I have learned that asking that question actually gets engagement versus uh, how are you doing or yeah. any of any of. Well, you, you know what? The reason I, the, I thought of the question is because you seem like um, a guy who uses um, tools to your advantage. In other words, you have systems, whether it be... Um, you know, reading something spiritual in the morning, uh, having a regiment, you know, you're, you're, I, I get the feeling that you're structured in a way that presents, that's why these opportunities just don't fall into your lap. You, you've developed a way to go out and have them manifest because of, because of your habits. So that's why I'm interested in, you know, how, how your day goes and like, you know, what's the best part of that? Yeah. Um, I, I'm with you hundred percent. I'm a, I'm a big subscriber to just law of attraction in general and um and abundance mindset and so i read a lot yeah uh and when i say i read i don't really read i listen a lot yeah. so uh audible um is that the best part of my day uh you know honestly that changes um my role has changed so drastically from going from a sales engineer for 22 years um to getting into more of a leadership role and the biggest thing i didn't anticipate or i, I just didn't think about was that from a, a salesperson's perspective, every single day you've got this uh, this yardstick you can measure your productivity to this you can measure your your success rate to uh, how much are you selling basically um, and what are your trend lines in this role um, I don't recognize my wins immediately. Uh, in fact, it took me a little bit of time to recognize what a win even looks like in this role. And so to answer your question, what's my favorite part of the of of any day, it's it's when something like that happens. It's when a sales engineer, I, I coach a lot of the already very uh, top level successful sales engineers here. And when one of them reaches out with something that happened, especially when it's not deal related, but it's um it's like a, a personal thing that they they've they've made this major connection with a customer in a very personal, emotional way. Um, that's the kind of stuff that just uh that gives me goosebumps. So yeah. I think those moments are my favorite parts of my day. Yeah, awesome. I I could tell that you um 
you know, we kind of walk the same paths, but uh, I knew you were a coach and in, in, into manifesting and, and things of that nature. But, uh, you know, and it's, it's always a, a thrill to hear that uh, because people who don't know that world, um, it's very foreign to them. And I'm coaching people myself. And, you know, you can find what level on some somebody's walking very quickly um, and respond to that with the proper tools for where they are at that moment in time, you know? So mm -hmm. uh, it must be very satisfying though, to see like when you're coaching some of these people that, you know, I was there back when I was whatever, when I was 25, 29, 32, whatever. And, and it was like, I remember that journey and I can kind of reach out and say, I know what you need right now. And it's, you know, it's not the platinum thing, but it's, you know, maybe it's a gold thing that I got, you know, tucked away here for you. <laughs> is it kind of like yeah, that? Well, yeah, well, and, and the very interesting part to me is that um, it's when when folks come into my office the very first time to get to know them and to really um, understand what they need, they all expect that the things that I'm going to be talking about are going to be sales chops and uh, how to close deals and um, th those types of things, following up on quotes and that. Um, but really what they leave here with in almost every session is um, a, a bigger understanding to uh, just abundance mentality and being open to opportunities and um, and and frankly shifting from scarcity mindset. And so I I, I train around mindset more than I train around any kind of salesmanship. Uh, because I feel like that feeds everything else. So you're working on teaching them that it's not the external, it's the internal that manifests and objectifies the external. And that's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a subject that you have to go slow on, you know, for somebody who it's, br it's brand new that it's very esoteric and like, what are you talking about? You know, but, um, it's but that's tangible, such, right? You can't no, see it. You yeah, can't touch it. Yeah. But that's so valuable that you're doing that for your people. So again, I, I take my hat off to the, to the culture and what you guys are doing. And um, as we're wrapping up, I want to just ask you is um, what is the best way for people to connect to you? And of course, we'll put all the links in the show notes for uh, Sweetwater. Um, any special links uh, that we can connect to you and uh, people can support you in, on your mission at Sweetwater Sound? Or should we just put the company? What would you like? Uh, sure. I mean, uh, you can, you're welcome to put my info in there if you would like, yep. and you, you know, depending on what the context is of what I receive, I'll make sure that things get to the right people. Okay. Um, but I just love meeting like-minded folks regardless, especially if they're, um, if they're into these same types of, of things, uh, you know, when we're talking about, um, when we're, when we're just talking about mindset and just overall, um, mindfulness, uh, about, life. Right. I love right. that stuff. So I'm happy yeah. to talk to anybody about that. Yeah. I could go all day on those subjects myself. So last word, um, anything you would like to say to uh, my collective audience of both business and artistry around the world? We've been doing this since 2015. So we have uh, quite a following of um, singer songwriters, musicians, artists, authors, speakers, thought leaders, um, anything you want to leave with them, either personally or about Sweetwater Sound? Uh, you know, I would just say to um, the moment that things feel like it's, it's not fulfilling any longer, you got to remember that you're in a, a, an industry that's supposed to be fun. Um, 
I remember a long time ago, I bought a motorcycle and I told the, uh, the, the salesman there about just how great of a job he did and how, how excited, um, I was for the experience, not, not just to buy the bike. And he looked at me kind of confused and said, well, dude, you're buying a bike. Like, of course it's fun. Um, and that's, that's what we do, right? We, uh, we pedal fun for folks. Um, and so the moment it, it's not fun anymore, uh, start to look inward and, and, and unpack that a little bit. Um, because, uh, that's not what this is about. This is about, uh, really, uh, chasing your bliss and, and finding your creative outlets. And, um, I mean, that's, that's music. It's a language and, and we should have fun with it. That is awesome. Jason Coons, it was a pleasure to have you on Podcasting Your Global Career, and I just want to wish all of God's blessings on you, your family, and your fantastic career moving forward. Oh, I so appreciate it, James. So great to meet you. Let's stay in touch. Hey, if you guys like what's going on here, please leave a great review in the Apple Podcasts. I've left a simple review process in the show notes and we'd really appreciate it. And also, don't be shy. Forward this to your best friend because you know they need it. Hey, if you need some coaching, hit up the link in the show notes. It's calendly.com forward slash dharmic. And you can take a little chance with me and I'll get you on your way. That's a wrap for me today. I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor. So until the next time, when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage. Ride on, ride on, baby, won't you take a ride with me? Ride on, ride on, we can untangle all the mystery. If wishes were windows, I'd open one and find That freedom is really a simple state of mind So ride on, ride on, baby, won't you take a ride with me? Pictures in your mind I'll take you places